El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey! Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I write a weekly column for Cracked called The People vs. Adam Todd Brown, and I use that column to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I come on this show to defend those opinions. Joining me today, he's an editor at a fantastic comedy website called Cracked. He did a video about board games a while back that's one of the funniest things ever. You should go find it and watch it, but finish listening to this first. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Ryman. Also joining me, she's the host of the Dr. Cheesecake Podcast. I was on it a few weeks ago. We watched the Golden Girls and talked about smoking and ate cheesecake. Those are all some of my favorite things in life. She's also a really funny comic. You should see her sometime when you're around L.A. Ladies and gentlemen, Danielle Soto. It's going to be a great show. What, what, what was that? The clock had a... It said na-na-na. Yeah. I got the sha-na-na clock going. <laughs> How am I? I'm not supposed... I can't use that to know if we've started recording. There was an error on the clock. This is an outrage. But we're recording. <laughs> no, we are recording. I mean, it's already going well. It's yeah, going yeah, really it's well. already going really, really great. Really excited about this episode. This is going to be a fun episode. Me and Tom are going to fight later. Mm-hmm. Yep. Physically. It's entirely possible we will never speak to each other again after this episode. Yeah, yeah. That's what good podcasts do. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. They burn bridges and destroy friendships. Right. So Tom Ryman's here. Hello. Hey. How's it going? Hi. All right. <laughs> this was fun. Yeah. All right. Did you think I was going to cut you off? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Because you don't listen. Yeah. Go ahead. Open your Red Bull. Get it. Just do it. Open your bag of chips while we're at it. Yeah. If you could open your chips also. My chips during the show. Oh, that would make you a unique guest (laughs) because guests love eating chips on the show. Why are these black? Wow. Are we going to get off on that foot? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I didn't know you were that kind of guest. They're purple. If we're. Prince. Yeah, yeah. Those chips were dyed purple because Prince Prince died for your chips a couple weeks ago. Prince dyed purple chips. <laughs> it's a haiku. Daniel Soto's here. Hello. Hi. Eating Hi. eating chips soaked in Prince's ashes. Yeah. Eating purple heirloom chips. Thank you for having like a me. Fucking hipster. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I was on your podcast a couple weeks. Yes. Thank you for coming on. I was so happy to have you as a guest. My yeah. podcast is called Dr. Cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And go the, on. The premise is that my guests come on with a problem or issue in their life and we talk it over. And then I, as Dr. Cheesecake, prescribe an episode of the Golden Girls that correlates with their problem. Yeah. And we watch the episode and we eat cheesecake and then we talk about how it helped them. Yeah. That's and, pretty solid. And I have gifts for you guys. Oh boy. Uh-oh. What's this? One for each. Oh, stickers. stickers. Oh, fancy. Oh, Ooh, I'm putting this on my Oh, that's your, that's your face on one of the Golden Girls. Yeah, on B. Arthur. That's right. Yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter at Golden Girls Doc. <laughs> you went Not all the in. documentary You about went the all Girls. in Thank on you. the Golden Girls. Yes, I did. And speaking of which, I have a gift for Adam. Oh. It's oh. not wrapped, but oh, it's, my. here you go. It's just what, a little something. This is exciting. What is it? Is it cigarettes? Because we talked about smoking. You're Maybe. Sabotage me. Cigarettes. Candy, Candy cigarettes. cigarettes. Oh, okay. Oh, that's adorable. Smoke them in good health. I am going to smoke these. I, I did that a couple times as a kid. I'd light them up like toasted marshmallows. Or you can break them up and then snort them. Mm, yeah, like I do with my mental health drugs. Enjoy. That's a joke. I don't mental health drugs. I snorted them all. Yeah, whatever. Hit it, Brett. You know, the hardest part of this show for me is the first few minutes, because I spend all that time asking everyone else what's going on in their life, when all I really want to talk about is what I've been up to since last week. That's why we call this segment This Week in Me. It's about to get intense. (laughs) It's about to get all me up in here. Yeah. So to speak. Okay. Fade it out, Brett. Okay. That was a very uneventful cutoff. I know. I was looking at you You're the whole time. You're not on your cutoff game. I was today. ready. I was ready. I, I rarely am ready. I, well, you'll know. I almost. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I know you're rarely ready. 
You know, I, I almost never cut off new guests. It was just Caitlin that one time. Because that, oh, she was just worked out. Going on and on about Kansas City. Shut up. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So my column this week is about insane documentaries that you should watch on Netflix right goddamn now. Now? Yeah. 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 So yeah, uh, we'll wait. It's been a good show, everyone. You could go uh, watch some documentaries. I'm just going to rattle off a couple titles, and then we're going to get out of here. Yep. Good times. Um, which one should we talk about first? Because we've all watched some of the things on my list. Yeah. Should we do it now, Tom? Uh, mm, I don't know if we should do it now. <laughs> Let's talk about The Imposter. Yeah, okay. that's what I want to talk about The first. Imposter? Okay. Yes. Brett, no, did so, you watch the... the Imposter? No, but I'm aware of it. It's is insane. the premise here real quick that these are just insane just because they're insane or are they like are we no, insanely convincing? Insane. Yeah, it can be anything. Mm, I haven't we're... written the column yet. You know how I do. I I'll think the imposter and I'll write it tomorrow night. They're documentaries of note. It was yes. insane Word. because it's at the end and I won't give anything away unless that's okay. That's kind of the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it switches. Like yeah. you think the one person is okay, this is clearly the bad guy and then you're like Oh, it's a hell, no. of a hell of a turn. Yeah. 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 It's basically the premise is this kid, a uh, 13 year old kid, goes missing in Texas, right? San Texas. Antonio. San Antonio, yeah. Texas. And three years later, a guy in Spain shows up saying, I'm this kid who got. Well, first, he just says he was abducted and molested and wants the police to help him. But then the police are like, okay, well, you need to give us a name. And he goes, okay, well, let me stay in an office overnight. Yeah, let me yeah. sleep in this office, and then and I'll he, get you all the information. And then he's like, I'll tell you in the morning. And he spends that night in the office researching missing kids in the United States and is like, all right, I'm this one. This kid. Yeah, and he, he just f- finds one that he doesn't look like. Yeah, yeah, he looks nothing at all like this kid. There's so, well, I think probably the more striking thing about this documentary is how lazy child protective services can be yeah, around the yeah. world. Because any number of those official people, before he even, they even fly his pretend sister out there, they, they, they get him in contact with the family of this missing kid who he's claiming to be, and they fly the sister out there to, to take him home. But in that time, he has to, he's dealing with a lot of like official people, like a judge, or like a magistrate, social worker people. All any one of them had to do was read the flyer of this missing kid and be yeah. like, this says you have blonde hair and blue eyes. You have neither of those things. You speak with a heavy French accent. Yeah. And like, he, had, he was supposed to have several tattoos. Yeah. He got the day of. Yeah. Like he yeah, had yeah. Somebody... He got those the day he went to meet the family. Yeah. Also, so, too many things fell into place for this guy. Like, he happened to be in the same dorm room as a tattoo artist yeah well, yeah who like, had like an illegal tattoo gun <laughs> just yeah that's not super unbelievable for me just because i mean you can give somebody a tattoo with just a hot yeah my sister in ink a stick and poke yeah, yeah. I've, I, I watched my sister get a prison tattoo at home once she has a cobra on her ankle because she, you know we grew up in the midwest and you know how important cobras are in the midwest <laughs> so he says he's this kid and the family shows up and they're like okay you're yeah, him sure <laughs> let's go home and they say well when i was kidnapped i was being tortured and they poured liquid in my eyeballs to make my blue <laughs> eyes brown which is not a thing that exists is that a thing no no, How no. Come in the wizard of oz there's a line where she sings can you even dye my eyes to match my dress that seems like extreme that cosmetics. That is not yeah. a documentary. No. Oh, that, it isn't? That was just a film. That is not. That oh. Contrary to popular belief. Yeah. believe. The Wizard of Oz is not a docudrama. Okay, news to me. <laughs> I feel like any liquid that would be poured into your eyes to change the color of them would also melt them. Yeah. <laughs> it would burn them the fuck out of your skull <laughs> is what that would do. It would make them the color of the concrete yeah. beneath your feet. But he did dye his hair blonde. Yeah. Before he took... Remember like, his ID photo? His hideous id photo where he's clearly not this kid he looks like a mutant yeah and he looks (laughs) like like he's in his 30s yeah he's got like a thick beard yeah he said that they broke his hand and they tortured him and my boyfriend when we were watching that was like why not say they broke your nose that's brilliant i don't look like myself because they smashed my head in yeah they beat my face inside out with a hammer they beat me with a baguette now i'm a french dude <laughs> they, cl- they clubbed the Frenchness into me. Yeah, but the people in Spain were really lax about it. 
Yeah. And and then the family comes and gets him, and then he has to go through a process in the U.S. And it's at that point that people start going, hey, I don't think that's him. Remember the, the, the woman FBI from the agent FBI... wanted an interview with him because he was abducted for three years and wound up in Spain somehow. So they're like, well, we got to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, how did, <laughs> like... yeah, they were like, how did you get to Spain with no passport? Yeah. Right. Like, that's an important question. Yeah. And she actually calls the sister and is like, look, I don't think this is him. You need to let me talk to him. The sister just like intercepts him at the airport. Yeah. Like won't even let the FBI. That's later. That's uh, his, her initial interview is where he tells the crazy story about how he was abducted by like the military. It's like this insane story. And he's detailing all of these injuries, which again would be really easy to check, but nobody ever checks him. Uh, He's never at once fingerprinted because his fingerprints are in the Interpol database. Yeah. yeah, Like also at the end of the documentary jumping ahead, they say he has done this. 60 times. Like 60 times. He yeah. has so many Dozens of times. Yeah. And you think, wow, this guy's a good imposter. And it's like, no, nope. people just aren't checking. Yeah, they just don't check. He's just a habitual, like he's a sociopath. He clearly is. You you, you learn from the video. How oh, to treat people like that is horrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And first, this is a jumping ahead to the end of the thing, but you mean they the part give, where he dances like Michael Jackson? The part where he dances like Michael Jackson? The part where they give him a prison cell that has a phone in it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So he's just like calling people up. So I know where your missing kid is, or I am your missing kid, because he just can't. It's like a compulsion that he can't control. It, what a weird compulsion! There's yeah. barely a bed in that cell. It's yeah, like it's basically just, a it's, phone. It's booth. mostly a phone. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like it's the first interview with the FBI agent where he tells this crazy story, and she's like so blown away by it that she's like taking it back. Because at first she does start to be suspicious, but then when he tells the story, she's like, "Holy shit, this is an insane story." The military, like this, all like so she's yeah, getting and on. She this. made it seem like she believed that part. Like even yeah, if he be- was lying, yeah. she made it seem like even if he's not being honest about everything, he's like, yeah, I he's think clearly he been was abused. abused. Like yeah. so that delays it for a little bit, and then it's when she takes him to Houston. Because she wants him to get checked out by this doctor who specializes in trauma victims. Right. That's when it starts to fall apart because she starts to like think maybe he's not that. And then when they get to Houston, the doctor's like instantly. It's like this motherfucker's not yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Yeah, there was like a linguistics expert who was the like, same dude. Yeah, yeah. He was like, no one who grew up in the United States would lose the ability yeah. to speak, speak without an accent. He said an accent, that it yeah. would take six years, and the kid disappeared when he was thirteen. He had twice the amount of time it yeah. took to develop. A undisappearing a thick, accent. A thick <laughs> French accent is the only way he can speak. Yeah, and why English. would you get that? And it's not even the Spain. And it's not even it's <laughs> not even just that he speaks with a French accent. It's he doesn't speak English correctly. Like yeah. he makes a lot of conjugation and grammar mistakes that a yeah. native speaker would not make. I was abducted to Spain, and now I can only eat fortune cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like doesn't add up, no, sir. Something's wrong here. But the family goes for it yeah that's when they're coming back from houston is when she calls the sister and it's like this guy is not your brother do you don't have to take him home with you and she on the phone so she's like oh my god but as soon as they get to the airport she just swoops in takes the brother and yeah and then why would she do something i don't know because then the fbi agent's like this is fucking weird and goes she like goes straight to a payphone and calls like the u.s attorney's office and it's like there's something really insane happening here and then the sister like starts coaching him on family mesh, she's like, remember this guy? Remember this That's guy? That's when she picked him up. She, yeah. she picked him up in Spain. She brought all these photographs and was like coaching his memory. So that's when they start to build the case that's like, maybe they know where this also, missing kid is. Yeah, <laughs> yes. the day after they go to visit the other brother, they had a different brother who didn't go missing but was a drug addict. They go to visit him in rehab and they're like, did you kill him? He's like, nah. And then he goes and no, kills man. himself. Yeah. And he yeah. dies of a drug overdose. Oh, and they had the, he had the meeting. That that brother met the imposter one time. And as, when he meets him, he like just says to him, good luck. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. he knows he's not him. <laughs> yeah. So he's just like, good luck with your scam, man. Good luck with your and scam. And they enroll him in high school. Yeah, it's and like he's a movie. 20s. He's a 23-year-old man. And he was dating. <laughs> yeah, he was dating a teenage girl in Texas. <laughs> yeah, they're like... They he, really gloss over that part, probably because it's Texas. Right, yeah. yeah. He's dating a girl now, but she's actually a mailbox. <laughs> Everyone yep. in that city is just somebody else. So yeah, four and a half months he's living with this family, going yeah. to school as this kid. And then he's like the... 
best guy on the basketball team and stuff, and then he wins <laughs> Probably, and yeah. gets the winning shot. And yeah. they're like, oh, well, thank you for coming Busting to our up, town. On, bust a drug You half man, half wolf character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks like fucking Teen Wolf. <laughs> yeah, it's a really great documentary. He's like, uh, Abuse does that to people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Makes you look like Teen Wolf? Makes you into it. That's why I'm so hairy. Yeah, yeah. Turns you into Kelly League. In my grade school, we had an anti-drug poster in the hallway for years, and it had all these different drugs, and it had like a cartoon or a drawing that like was supposed to be a representation of what it does to you. And the one for PCP, the dude just looked like a werewolf. <laughs> That's amazing. And I'm as a kid, I was like, I really want to smoke PCP. Yeah, I want to take, yeah, I want to take PCP. I want yeah. to turn to a werewolf. I want to be a werewolf. That'd be fun. The imposter, like the way. It's put together. It's like legitimately one of the the best made documentaries I've seen. The yeah, way it's put together, yeah. they they do a lot of cool things with interviews and reenactments and like the overlapping of the dialogue, which Soaked in Bleach does really badly, in my opinion. Listen, but my um, we'll get to Soaked in Bleach. I also love the fact that they introduce him without telling you who he is, and it's like a slow burn to the film where you don't know anything about you. Yeah. Don't even, you don't even know his name until like the last ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, true. Yeah. So it's like you're finding this out as everyone else is finding it. And what that, like, that would keep people who are watching it from Googling Mm -hmm. to find out. Yeah, yeah. Also, the mother wouldn't look ahead and find out what happens. She wouldn't do a blood test. Nope, she refused a blood test. Can we we do a blood test? And she laid down on the floor. Laid down on the floor, yeah. So much easier to get blood right there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, what if they just did that? Like, shit, okay. Nope. The international rules of blood of bloodletting. I just can't, can't take a floor. I, just, can't I take cannot a floor throw a leech on her. I cannot fathom. Like again, I think the most striking part of this documentary to me was how just how shitty child services is just around the world. Because at no part during this transaction did they ever even attempt to make a record of his stay in that boy's home. They no, never took no. his fingerprints. They never took his photograph. And if they had done either of those things, this scheme would have been busted the second he tried it. Yeah. I think they're just, they have like a counter of how many negative kids there are. There's X amount, there's 300 kids negative. We're missing 300 kids total in the world. They're just trying to get that number up. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care if it's someone who doesn't fit. That's kind of how it moves it to 299. It's a good day for child services. That's kind of how it felt with the people in Spain. Like they were just like, okay, cool. Let's get this motherfucker off our streets. Yeah, seriously. Send him to the US. Yeah. Crazy. Everyone should watch it. Yeah, it's really it great. It was good. It's really yeah, great. It was really good. You want to talk about, talk about it? Talk about something. Are we, we going to do this? Yeah. Are we going to do yeah. this? All right. Everyone knows my stance. All right. Soaked in Bleach is the type of documentary that a teenager gets riled up about on <laughs> Facebook. It's a, tell it, everyone what it's about. Well, in it's case a, it's, a, it's, know. A, it's, it's about the Fight Club of documentaries. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. I fucking hated Fight Club. Oh, my God. Ugh. It's the private investigator that Courtney Love hired to find Kurt Cobain when he went missing the week or two before he killed himself, really seriously believes that Courtney had Kurt Cobain murdered. And that's a long-standing conspiracy theory. And this movie is basically from the point of view of that guy whose name I forget. Tom Grant. Show some respect. Okay, Tom Grant. It's from his point of view. And... (laughs) Every piece of evidence, I'm doing air quotes... In order for you to accept it completely as face value and like, oh, this is some real legitimate like investigative truth, you have to A, B, have no familiarity with anything Kurt Cobain ever wrote about himself or any of the events of his life leading up to his death. And you just have to ignore the fact that some of the stuff they say just blatantly isn't true. Like they make a point of, oh, the shotgun was melted down. No, it wasn't. They, no, no, it wasn't. They still have that. Yeah, gun. as far as I know, the shotgun is in uh, yeah. the they... Experience Music Project in Seattle. <laughs> no, I'm not bullshit. They yeah. bought it. They bought it. Yeah. Well, it still exists is the point. And the movie, they just, I mean, it's it seems like a minor thing, but in a movie where you're presenting a incredibly inflammatory and really like serious accusation, alleg- accusation allegation, just to have something as basic as that be just completely not true is like yeah all right yeah, that was a but weird like one. he's he builds an argument around like well Kurt Cobain clearly wasn't depressed because he had found they show like an interview where he's like like the big thing like if you've read any of his journals or any of the biographies or anything about Kurt Cobain it's like one of the reasons he had started taking heroin in the first place was he had like really. Uh, like a mystery stomach ailment that they were yeah. never really able to diagnose. It wasn't really Crohn's disease or something weird. My wife has like the same kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So that's why he started taking it in the first place. And then like he shows this interview where it's like Kurt says, well, my stomach stuff is, is handled now because I found a medicine. He's fucking talking about heroin. 
But like in the yeah, in the yeah. documentary, the guy's like, "See, he had found like he wasn't taking heroin anymore because <laughs> he had found a man." It's like you fucking idiot. Like what? And but the, they did diagnose that stomach pain near the end of his life as a like a pinched nerve. Oh, they did. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So he could have been talking about that. Maybe. But I mean, he's talking about mm. heroin. <laughs> like, so there, he's clearly talking about heroin. Obviously, Courtney Love killed him. Yeah, and then like he's talking about when they were in Rome. This is like two or three weeks, I think, before he died. I remember like a month. It was like right. Or, it was like in March, and then he died in April. Yeah. So in, in March they were in Rome, and he overdosed on rohypnol, um, and wrote a suicide note, which um, no one can pronounce in the movie. No one says yeah. rohypnol correctly. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> no call it like rufinol. And... Yeah. They're well, just... they're like. <laughs> yeah, they're really struggling with that. And his argument is like, well, Courtney Love burned it. Uh, that must mean it was incriminating because it was talking about divorce. But like what in the interview that she gave, like this is one part of the movie. It's weird because like he spends the rest of the movie like poking holes and everything. Courtney Love's like, see, she's lying about this. It's like, well, because she's a junkie and they lie about things. He tries to like attack her credibility on every other thing she says in the movie except this. Like he's totally willing to take the fact that the note was talking about um their their marriage ending on Courtney's word because it helps his argument. Yeah. But it's like when she talked to Spin magazine about it, she's like it was talking about their marriage ending because Kurt was gonna kill himself. <laughs> it's yeah. like that's why their marriage was gonna end. And then he doesn't mention the fact that after that overdose, he overdosed two more times that month. Yeah. I mean, to a near fatal, I mean, obviously he had to but be. But on like, heroin. Yeah. I think what was weird about the rohypnol overdose was that he didn't take a bunch of pills. They were dissolved in his champagne that he was drinking, which that's how you roofie a person. True. Like you, like, also, you have a good party. Like that's, if you're going to kill your, like that's, that's also how you take a bunch of pills and not throw them up. Also, they said there were 60 Somebody said the word, the number 60. Yeah. They have problems with numbers in this movie, too. <laughs> like, they talk about another big piece of evidence is it's like, well, he had more heroin in his system than the fatal amount, and it would be impossible for an operator shotgun. That's that's another thing that's just, no, that's not that's not accurate. Are you sure? Because, yeah. the, I mean, the dot. Like, like, they've done. The test that they did to debunk it didn't use heroin. Because you, yeah, how are you how how would you recreate a fatal <laughs> dose of heroin in a well, lab setting? Like, give it to a monkey. Here, if the, you the, don't the, die, the, shoot yourself in the face, <laughs> please. The study that I had seen, which is talking about the levels of heroin, because they talk about like how much was in his bloodstream, and then the study I saw was talking about how much is in the system of a of a habitual user. Yeah, and it was like the amount of heroin that was in Kurt Cobain's system was just a little bit below the average number for a habitual user when he yeah. died. So it's like, yeah, he had shot up a bunch right before he shot himself. What about that the shotgun didn't have fingerprints on it? He was never at the crime scene. Like, what is he? Who, Kurt Cobain? I they Kurt Cobain take... was definitely... No, no, no. I the, thought they the, didn't the, 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 uh, the, the P.I. So it's like, there's a lot of, like... But the, no, that's in the police record, is that there were no... They checked the shotgun for fingerprints. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. That's also, weird. they say the lethal amount of heroin, and I thought they said the legal amount. The legal amount of heroin. <laughs> the legal like, amount, yeah. What's the legal amount? Like what? Point oh eight. Bare aspirin. When you're talking about somebody who has three massive overdoses in one month, and then eventually has one more massive overdose, and then also shoots himself, it seems like he's trying to kill himself, and it's not working. So he's like, well, this time I'm just gonna make doubly sure I'm gonna do the heroin and then the shotgun. And it also, or like, it could have been his wife taking an opportunity to say, for oh, he's su- purpose money just to get his money. money. Yes. Have you never watched Investigation Discovery? That's why every spouse kills right. their spouse. Have you right. ever had money? It's, but like, have you great. ever murdered someone for like money? Everything, everything he wrote about was just obsessing over his own death. Not really. Some of it was about how much he hated his wife. Yeah, some of it. But some like, of it was about deodorant. Yeah, that's true. Well, the title. The documentary doesn't talk to any of like his close friends, really, from, or yeah. from that time. Well, I think a lot of them wouldn't. Yeah, a lot of them him. would, probably because of the content of the movie. Probably because like, Courtney was giving them money to pay their rent, which was set in the movie. Well, I mean, you can get the... That's the other, not the nothing. Other, the other two members of the band, for instance, Dave Grohl never talks about it. But like Chris Novoselic does. But Dave they... Grohl like disappeared off the face of the earth. Like what has Dave Grohl yeah, done where's since he been? Nirvana? That's, that's a documentary I want to see. Where's yeah, Dave where Grohl? Is where Dave is Grohl? Dave Grohl But like Chris, Chris Novoselic will freely tell you he knew Kurt was going to kill himself. 
Yeah. Like the last time he saw him, they were like, Kurt ran out of his car and like, he just started crying because he knew he was never going to see him again. Yeah, but... And he fucking hates Courtney Love. But at that point, how close were they as a band? I don't know, but I mean, he'd known the guy for a very, very long time and he was his friend. Yeah, but... Like... Courtney Love was married to him and she murdered him. Yeah, she, yeah. Maybe the baby murdered him. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it was... Maybe the baby who did. Who killed Mr. Francis. Burns. <laughs> I, have, I have no doubt that Courtney Spoiler Love... Spoiler alert. Francis <laughs> being in the library with a <laughs> candlestick. Exactly. <laughs> I have no doubt Courtney Love is not the greatest person in the world, but neither is anybody in, involved in, in this story. And then, like, I don't... I mean, she's clearly done weird... Like, she said that uh, Dave Grohl had tried to, like, molest Francis Bean, and then both of them were like, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> but, like, that's the kind of vindictive she is, I think. It's not, I'm gonna pay mm. fucking Pat Smear to murder you, or whatever the conspiracy is. But Pat Smear didn't do it. He couldn't murder a butterfly. Yeah, no, he really Pat couldn't. Smear is a gentle but, like, giant. He's huge. You ever seen Pat Smear, like, standing next to the rest of the Foo Fighters? He's really tall. That guy is That's massive. why he stands to the back of the stage, so he looks the same. <laughs> the, one, the one more thing is that they make a big deal about the will. It's like, why was he trying to get his will? It's like, well, first, the dude was 27. And he wanted to write Courtney Love out of it. No fucking 27-year-old has a will unless... What? He was a millionaire. Of course he would have a will. Yeah, fucking sh- Prince didn't have a will? Most then, do did not he... bring Prince into this. <laughs> Who like, did he leave his chips to? Me. That's exactly. Why I'm exactly. Them right now. When a 27 year old is trying to make a will, well, it's not like he was writing it himself. He had a <laughs> lawyer and shit. Right, but it's like they're using it as evidence. Like, well, he was gonna do X maybe and Y had, and Z. Maybe he to had cut Courtney out lawyers. Who, as soon as he got money, they were no, like, hey, well, it's, it or seems like when he had a kid, maybe that's when he decided he should have a will. Normally, but I mean, I know fucking my brother has a child who doesn't have a will. Like, I'm married. I don't have a will. Yeah. It's just like he's ignoring. I think what would be the under normal circumstances, if Kurt Cobain was not famous and he was not in like a volatile relationship, if he called his lawyer at 27 and was like, I need to make up a will, what does that tell you under normal circumstances? Well, I don't think he would make up a will if he wasn't famous because he wouldn't have a real, what's he going to leave people? His cat? He did have a really cute cat. So if you die, where does your stuff go? I mean, it would. It would. It would Experience people would. Projects, people would argue yeah. about Next it, but I'm, it would. It, it would probably go to my wife. Down. But um, <laughs> all of it. Yeah, like the shotgun. So it'd go to your wife. Yeah. Do you want nothing you own to go to anybody else besides her? The point is not that me or people in my age group are like uh, like against wills. It's just not something I'm thinking <laughs> I about. Because think I'm not. Because I'm not thinking about dying. I just die. think if you have millions of dollars and a sure. child and a crazy heroin addicted wife, you want to sure. know that all that's going to go to your daughter and not to this woman up her arm. Yeah, and I think sure. the fact that he was changing his will, like he had a will already, he was changing it, right? Mm-hmm. I think the fact that he was changing it hints that someone who might have been in it, like he probably wasn't adding someone to it. He was probably taking someone out of it. Unless he had it before the daughter was the born. Point, the and point, then he added her. That could yeah. be it. The point is, is he knew he was going to die. Yeah, because he married Courtney Love. He probably <laughs> knew that as soon as like he that's, said that's, I do. That's why, that's why a 27-year-old man does that. Yeah. Is because you know you're going to die. For one reason or the other. He's treating it like this proves he was murdered. It's like, or it proves he was really thinking about killing himself. He overdosed three times in a month. Yeah, and then he was a drug addict who knew his demons might have been bigger than him. That was, I mean, overdosing that much in that short amount of time, not wanting to die, but weird even for him, accepting that it's a possibility. Yeah. Anyways, that's why I think this. I I think you have to just like really be naive what about did you what, think, you're, Daniel, what you're you looking at. Um, I don't think it's for me to say no because I don't. I don't you know. I you know it was convincing, but a, like Tom said, a lot of it's inaccurate. Yeah. So I can't really make a judgment based on that. But I guess if I had to say, yeah, she definitely did it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't yeah. know. Randall uh, messaged me the other day. He sent me a picture of a shirt that I have to find. It has Nirvana's smiley face logo on it, but there's a bullet hole in the forehead and it says Courtney instead of Nirvana. Oh, oh man, that's amazing. Yeah. 
I need to wear Tom that. Grant should have worn that in the movie. He should have. I actually sent Tom Grant $15 back in the 90s because he would send this is, you his, this is his all, files. This is all you need to know wow. about Tom Grant. It was he's autographed, the, everybody. He's, he's the type of dude that maintains a website where things are written in all caps. <laughs> That's what you need to know about Tom Grant. It's because he's a private investigator in search uh-huh. of the truth. Not he believes in the truth. HTML code. All caps. <laughs> what they don't want you to hear, but is a matter of public record. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know what else I watched, but it wasn't on your list? What? Going Clear. Oh, the oh, yeah. Scientology yeah. one. Yeah, I think that we one's talked great. about that. Yeah. On That's on HBO. It's right? on HBO, yeah. 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 It's real one's... good. There's another really good one on HBO called There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane. What's it about? It's about Diana. It's about this woman. She's on a camping trip with her family and she leaves with four kids in the car and they're all leaving this camping trip and going back home. And uh, her drive is like 30 minutes and her and her husband leave in separate cars. And somehow four hours later, she ends up driving the wrong way on a turnpike in New Jersey and kills everyone in the car and everyone in the car she hit. Including herself? Including herself. And at the time she left, she was perfectly, she was completely sober. There's surveillance video of her going into a convenience store and asking if they have Ambisol because she had a toothache. And they said she was completely sober then. And then like two hours later, she's just fucking hammered. What's amazing about these documentaries is that that took you 30 seconds to tell us, basically. And yeah. these documentaries are like two hours long. And it's like, well, the, what this documentary, thing, so much to talk the about. The interesting yeah. thing about this documentary is her family is in such denial. They're like, no, she wasn't drinking. Like, they found a half bottle of vodka in the car. Like, as fucked up as the car was, there's still a glass bottle of absolute, like, half drank in the back seat. She had unprocessed alcohol in her stomach what i think happened is her tooth hurt so bad she was trying to just like numb it pound booze to make the pain go away and she was probably like such an alcoholic she figured well it's a half hour drive i'll be fine and she just got so blackout out of her mind drunk like there's like phone four hours later she calls her father at one point from the side of the road they think her father knew at that point that she was drunk because he was like okay wait right where you are I'm coming. She throws her phone out the window and keeps driving. Like that's how okay. fucking. I want to watch that was. one. Yeah. That sounds really. And good. the whole time, her family's like, "Nope, nope. She wasn't drinking. There's no way she she would not do that." It's What's like, their explanation? Yeah, they said there was like maybe one of her organs broke open and like alcohol leaked into it. Like what? What? Like none of that. What? Makes- that's like when you crack your back and former acid. Have you heard this? If you do LSD, oh yeah, and then years later you like crack your back, yeah. <laughs> acid drips into your system. Is that true? I hope. I've never done it. I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't think. Let me so. crack my back right now. Yeah, let's. Just, I don't think anything stays in your system like that for years. Do you want no. to talk about acid? Oh yeah, because you watch. I was gonna suggest this documentary. Yeah, it's called No No. It's about. Uh, it's amazing. It's a crazy story. It's this pitcher in the seventies. It was nineteen seventy. This Doc guy, Ellis. Doc Ellis. Yeah, we've actually. Who's a bit him. of a who's a bit of a character. I'm trying to think of uh, an equivalent sports figure now. He he was like Clinton Portis. Like he always wore yeah. crazy outfits. Yeah, he he would show up to games with like curlers, curlers in his hair, in his hair. like yeah. Dennis Rodman. Yeah, like yeah. Dennis Rodman yeah. type. And this is nineteen. This is late sixties, early seventies. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are playing in San Diego, and he has a few days off before he's scheduled to pitch. So he goes, take some LSD. Yeah. And he wakes up two days later, still high on LSD, and has to pitch. And he pitches a no-hitter, which is basically the second hardest thing to do behind a perfect game. Yeah. And it's a crazy, crazy story. Yeah, he was high the entire time. Like like acid, acid high, not just regular high. Sorry, what's the difference between a perfect game and a no-hitter? A perfect game, you don't walk anyone. A no-hitter, you might there, walk there's no, some people. Yeah. Oh, there's so no nobody, gets, there's there's someone nobody takes too. first base. Yep. Yeah, there's no walks and no errors in a perfect game. Gotcha. But in a no-hitter, someone might reach base, but not because of they got Sorry hit. to be a stereotype. No, it's, it's all right. Can you explain it like using Disney movies? Yeah. yeah. Thanks. So you've seen Frozen, right? <laughs> yeah, I love them. I haven't. I've never seen Frozen. I've never actually seen it, though. To be I'm honest, either. I'm an me adult. either. Not none of us have apparently. I saw <laughs> the first thirty minutes. I couldn't keep. I couldn't keep watching it. Yeah. Mm. Were you on up. acid though? 
No, I should have been. <laughs> yeah, should have been. That Wait, so he pitched a no hitter, a no hitter on yep. LSD. Did he get suspended? Did he tell anyone why? For, <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah, know. Make like, for his historical achievement. You can't argue with results. <laughs> I mean, so... in the seventies, it's not like people are getting tested and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. The stuff. weirdest thing is that he wasn't on cocaine. <laughs> no, the there was a there. He the said he says part. at one yeah. point that. 90% of the league is on these, I forgot what they're Greenies. called. They're green. Yeah, they're essentially like uppers. Yeah. These, I, like, I wrote steroid, about that on yeah, Cracked these... once. They made all this huge deal out of steroids. But for like 70 years, you could take amphetamines in baseball. And it was perfectly legal. And before they stopped letting people take amphetamines, there had been like five perfect games in the past 30 years. And the season they stopped letting people take amphetamines, I think there were four. Because if you have a night game and then a day game the next day, you're not going to be that alert. So if you can take amphetamines, that's going to help. And when they stop letting people do that, that's when pitchers got better. So it wasn't steroids. It was just that they let people take speed for 70 years. Wow. And once they stopped letting them take amphetamines, the incidence of attention deficit disorder among baseball players compared to the general public shot up. It's like four times among baseball players. They just all all of a sudden had ADHD once they couldn't take amphetamines anymore. So they were Because then they could take Concerta and no one could say anything. They were playing baseball and then all of a sudden they were playing football and then all yeah. of a sudden they were playing golf and then all of a sudden they were playing swimming. <laughs> playing swimming? <laughs> I watched two other documentaries that weren't on the list. One about the Boston Marathon bombing, which I just want to say I was there at the time and there's an error in that movie. They say that something about how the MIT police officer got shot like approaching the car of the terrorists, whatever. No, it was in a convenience store and everybody knows it. Also, I watched Hot Coffee, which Adam recommended to me. How about seen that, it, the Tom? McDonald's one? Yeah, have yeah. you seen it? No. Yet? I haven't seen the documentary, but I know that. It's like a woman spills hot coffee on her lap mm-hmm. and she got a McDonald's and she sees yeah, it. Yeah, and it was a huge joke. Like and it, that. Yeah, yeah, people treated like, it like a joke, even though it, like, it was, the burns were fucking serious. Oh my yeah. God. Like, incredibly serious. She had she nine had, degree burns. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they were incredible. Burned to the bone, right? Yes. It had they skin grafts. Black. It was. It was. <laughs> like, very, very hard to look at. I can't imagine looking at someone I love with that type of injury yeah. and, and thinking so, yeah. that there's nothing that can be done about this. For so long that I remember when that happened as a kid because it was all over the news. It's like America is going down the toilet with these frivolous lawsuits. Exactly. So like yeah. as a kid, I just accepted, oh, this dumb lady is suing McDonald's because her coffee was too hot. It's like, no, that coffee could fucking melt steel. There's they, no reason for it yes. to be yeah. that hot. And it's actually, that's the case that caused us to pass all these reforms to where if a company does that now, there's a cap on how much you can sue them for. Which is not fair because you can't put a number on certain yeah. injuries. Right, because the extent of her injuries was probably just, I mean, ongoing for like a yeah, decade. Yeah, and then they, they, had, never the same. they talk about that. another case after that where I think it was like a malpractice yeah, case. Yeah, with the twins. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when they, they get into how the caps affected what people happened? because they're like, well, we can only sue them for like $6 million. Yeah. And they're going to have, like, medical expenses for life. This woman was pregnant with twins, and she went to the doctor because she couldn't feel one of them rolling around, which typically she could. And the doctor was like, it's fine. It happens, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so she sent her home. In reality, she should have done an ultrasound just for peace of mind even. And they found that she had one placenta, which if you're having twins, you need two. Otherwise, it's considered a high-risk pregnancy. Nobody mentioned that, that to her. So then she got into extreme pain. They had to do an emergency C-section and one of the babies lost oxygen. So would have been otherwise completely healthy, but now has developmental issues yeah. to such an extreme where this kid's never going to have a job. He doesn't know the days of the week and he's a teenager. Yeah. There's a scene where they're teaching him how to put a candle into a cake. That is the level of yeah. handicap that he is. And he's going to need round the clock care the rest of his life. His parents are going to die before then. So they're like, who is going to fund yeah. this? We need to sue the doctor. And they only got enough. Yeah, they got for enough half for like, his like. Yeah. Life, if even maybe. that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because that hot coffee lawsuit. <laughs> well, no, it is. Oh, because... I thought you were going to make a joke about how it was the hot coffee's fault or something. <laughs> it's because of that hot coffee. <laughs> Thank you for laughing Sorry. in advance. Some of it splashed on the baby's head. Yeah. And now he's dumb. <laughs> I appreciate you your confidence it, in my impending joke. As you were saying it, I was like, I wish I had thought of this joke. <laughs> But it wasn't a joke. But you did. I guess I did. 
This is great. Oh my god, sorry. Keep going. But yeah, it was that case, that hot coffee case that caused all those problems for that family because that's when we decided you can only sue for a certain amount. And people were like, Yeah, that's how it should be. No. Not I had no idea that it was like a real case that that woman was really seriously injured. Oh, I yeah. thought it was a like, frivolous thing. Like a grievously I was yeah. even yeah. listening I was listening to a podcast the other day and they're just talking about some big news stories right now. And right now, a woman is suing, making a class action lawsuit against Starbucks for the iced drinks, and that they that you're getting too much ice and not enough liquid, and she's suing for like three hundred million dollars. Now that's frivolous, yeah. and that's frivolous. But they, in the same sentence, they go, "Oh yeah, it's like that McDonald's case with the woman with the hot coffee." Oh, yeah. it's totally yeah. not the same. Yeah, I mean, but we don't know different. the we don't know the details of it's, that. She yeah, the Starbucks had, one like, is much worse because if you yeah. like see ice and then you're yeah. triggered to like vanilla ice and then you're triggered to like a party where something bad happened like okay yeah that's you starbucks are, if, fault. If, you are, if you are at yes. any party that vanilla ice was playing something bad happened yeah and yeah. and she, even if it was just that vanilla ice was playing yeah she deserves justice well also the class action <laughs> means that she's recovering income for you know every starbucks customer across the country which yeah. is probably why it's so she's, high yeah she's a, she's a true robin hood well i'm saying that's 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 what a class action lawsuit yeah it is, is. Uh, if she doesn't win and she doesn't get any money it's like whatever well we would but, all be huh? we, we probably all if, like if we yeah money. we would probably get a letter in the mail saying if you've ever been to starbucks between oh, these yeah. dates oh. and got an iced part coffee of this class action lawsuit. Three i just got an, yeah. i just got an email that i was i was part of a Ticketmaster class action lawsuit and as my payout for it I get five codes that I can use for two dollars off ticket purchases in the future. Jesus Christ! Oh That's not even enough to cover like the service fee. Yeah, it's not <laughs> even half the service. Adam, fee. are you sure you want to say that on the radio? Because people are going to be like calling you, I know. And asking yeah. for favors. You're going to get mugged. Can we go to a Lakers game with no. your Ticketmaster code? The Wiggles? We're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, class action lawsuits are bullshit. Unless there's like ten of you in your all getting yeah. millions each. Did you like how I called this the radio? Yeah, it is. so vintage. Mm. All right, <laughs> we're going to throw to Tom for weather. <laughs> hey, you're looking pretty, pretty stormy out there. Better be careful as you're driving home from work today. Or don't, I don't give a shit. Did either of you watch the Galapagos Affair? No, it sounds uh, interesting. Though. I watched like the first 10 minutes and then yeah, I it's, come it, here. That one takes, it starts out really slow because it, it starts with this physician in Berlin. His name was Friedrich Ritter. In 1929, he and his lover decided they were going to flee Germany. He was on um, Three's good Company. Call. Yeah, good, yeah, that good, was him. Good call. Way too <laughs> yeah, way 20, too 1929 was a good time <laughs> to flee it's Germany. a good time to get the shit out of there. Yeah, no matter how bad things left when you went, it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I said that backwards. It's fine. You know. He decided he was going to go live on the Galapagos Islands. And he not only went to live there, but he skipped the islands that had people living on them and went to his own private island called Floriana. And he decided he was going to live in a paradise, write all these philosophical things, just really focus on his uh, work as being a brainiac or whatever the fuck. But the problem <laughs> is the press got wind of it and made a big deal of it back in germany they called this couple the adam and eve of the galapagos so now he's this big press sensation and a bunch of other people are like yeah i want to do that too i want to do that so then this couple with their teenage kid show up and then another woman shows up eloise von wagner Bosquet, who immediately shows up and declares herself empress of floriana so now there's six people there and they fucking go to war and eventually people get murdered. It is fascinating. Sweet. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, that one's good. It takes a while. Like the first half, I tried to watch it the other day again and fell asleep. Because the first like half hour is just this guy, someone reading his letters, explaining why he was leaving. And they're mm. doing it in like in a fucking old timey highfalutin voice. Definitely like, not the way you start your movie. Smarter than me. I some say, old fart Germany old is terrible this time of year. <laughs> Here's some, my dearest love. <laughs> Here's some 80-year-old letters. <laughs> dearest Broomhilda, how I have missed you on the battlefields of Antietam. Wait, this is from Django Unchained. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I fell asleep for 15 minutes during Going Clear, and when I woke up, they were like... You're a Scientologist? They were, <laughs> yes. They were, they were you guys interested in, in joining? I brought pamphlets, and they were like... 
And then the beatings, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, I missed something <laughs> oh, really I missed good. The I missed something really, really disturbing. There's a true crime documentary true. that I love called The Nightmare Next Door. It's on Investigation Discovery. Oh, yeah, I've watched that, yeah. And they used to do this thing. It was my favorite. They would do these, like, vignettes of the, the lead detective's, like, personal hobbies. Just, like, in the middle of this grisly <laughs> yeah, murder like, story. Like, the first one, they would go to this guy's, they show you him, like, making pizza with his yeah, family. And it's like, yeah. we're talking about a murdered child. And, like, I would be <laughs> like, watching it and, like, also working. And, like, I'd watch it long enough to get the gist of the crime and then start working and then look up again. And, like, the detective's, like, shredding a guitar solo in his garage. <laughs> Like, what is he celebrating? Did she come back to life? Like, what, what is so joyous right now? The other thing that I love about that show is the narrator is kind of inappropriate. Oh, yeah. He's, like, he's got a metaphor for everything. Yeah, yeah. He's he keeps, like, almost making a pun. Like, he yeah. has, like, this barely contained joy in his voice. Every, and he's talking about, like, horrific crimes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, Those are the worst crimes on Nightmare Next Door. Yeah, like... <laughs> Because they, they really are the nightmare. Because it's just like some rando who just it, yeah. It, it's like they got like a guy from one of those HG like house flipping shows. Like that was the only narrator they could get. Yeah, yeah. And basically. he just had the job from then on out. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a colorful show. Everyone should watch it. Watch that. One. I should check it out. I want to watch it. I like those true crime shows. Yeah, I watched a documentary yesterday called "A Murder in the Park." Most of these crime documentaries, you watch them. And you come away from it like, fucking police just railroaded that guy. This one, you come away from it like, police really did their job. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what happened? And what's crazy is it's about... uh, Murder in the park. What's that about? Well, it's about the case that led to the death penalty being overturned in Illinois. Ah. And this guy named Anthony Porter was in prison. And the Innocence Project, for some reason, took up his case and... They got him out of prison. Another guy confessed to the crime, and that confession aired on TV. And Illinois just let the dude out of prison. They were like, oh, well, someone just confessed to it. Like, they didn't investigate it at all. And the Innocence Project based all of their findings on interviewing one guy who they decided wouldn't have been able to see the crime from where he was standing. But at the time, all the obstructions they were referencing didn't exist. Like, the park wasn't covered. So all the things they were saying would have been in his way weren't there. How long was the guy in And person? there were also five other witnesses. Oh. <laughs> five other witnesses. And they interviewed one and convinced him to recant his testimony. And Illinois just let this guy out. Was it Brendan Dassey? No. <laughs> no. It was a guy named Anthony Porter. And he's still out. And he definitely, definitely committed those murders. Wow. And- like there were so many eyewitnesses. Who were just like, yeah, it was Anthony. Like, he robs old people in front of Bill. Like, that's Anthony Porter. He fucking killed the people. That's, that's a- his corner. And they. <laughs> <laughs> but Illinois had such a problem at the time because the Chicago Police Department is so, like, legitimately is corrupt that they had so many instances of them basically coercing confessions out of people. And those people ended up on death row that they had to abolish the death penalty. But this one case that actually led them to do it, they got it wrong. The guy should have been on. He actually is oh one of the only goodness. people who's been exonerated from death row and then sued for damages and lost. Because by the time he got around to suing, everyone realized they fucked up and he should have been in prison. So he sued for like $51 million and they were like, you don't get shit. Oh, wow. You're lucky you're out of prison, Damn. you piece of shit. Yeah. That's another thing about the imposter was that the guy who impostered he got six years. He lied to a family. He snuck into the country. He pretended to be someone else. He exploited their pain. And he got six years. Turns out and that's, now he's not, in- that's not that illegal. Like the, like know, the, the biggest crazy. the biggest crime he committed legitimately was uh, a, obtaining a passport under false yeah. thing. Because that's like a federal crime. Yeah. Like the- what he did to these people's emotions yep. was kind of murder. What he did to like 60 families. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and then he now the he guy, lives in France. The guy from this murder in the park thing, there's someone still in prison. Basically, the Innocence Project coerced a confession out of him, and now he's in prison. What's wrong with people? For I perjury? Know, it's crazy. No, for murder. For oh the oh, okay. So there are God still damn. four eyewitnesses who say this Anthony Porter did it, and there were three witnesses who said this other guy did it, but they've all recanted. And the only thing they have is his coerced confession, and he's still in prison. And this is murder in the park. 
It's called Murder in the Park. It's on Showtime, though. That's yeah. why I didn't include it. The Innocence Project, Barry Sheck was slash is a big figure in it. And yeah, he's, this one he's was the DNA guy from the OJ trials. This is like a this is like a big big trend in his career. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's an interesting one. All right, should we do comments? You know, it's a big world out there. It's easy to feel like the things you say don't even matter. I want you to know that's not true. Why we call this segment Your Voice Matters, dummy. Where we read your stupid fucking comments in the past few shows. Respond to them. Personally. Made it out, bro. Do we have voicemails? Yes, you can call the voicemail line at 505-3-UNPOPS. That is 505-386-7677, if you can believe that. I don't. Let's make a documentary about it. (laughs) Then I'll be convinced. Yeah. Are you guys right. going to call in and say I have a sexy voice? They probably they will now. now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure someone will since you asked. You guys do that. <laughs> Come here and talk about my sexy oh, cool. voice. I have a sexy voice. <laughs> so sweet. We start talking, I think your voice sounds pretty sexy. What a nice young man. All right, sorry. Go ahead. All right, here we go. We actually have a voicemail about your voice. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It came in really quickly. <laughs> Hey, ATB, Brett, probably Jeff May. No. Hopefully, Vanessa Gritton. Uh, this Ooh, is Paul wow. Poundstone, and I was wondering if you guys... Paul Poundstone? ...assessment here, given what you've talked about uh, bands the last couple shows. I'm of the opinion that Radiohead and Nirvana, who I, whom I like, are the most overrated bands in history. They're not bad. Radiohead has some songs I like. Nirvana, in general, I like. The bands, in my opinion. Sometimes genius, but they are by far the most overrated bands in the history of, let's say, sound. I don't know if I you disagree. guys agree, disagree, or what have you. Nirvana and Radiohead are not overrated. What's no. the higher rater than genius? What can, what's a higher rating? Yeah, like, few Godly. bands are occasionally genius. genius. Like, yeah. Even yeah. occasionally. It's a high rating. Like, and like, there's a reason bands like Nirvana and Radiohead are as big as they are. Yeah. Nirvana wasn't the most original band, but Kurt Cobain wrote like they they were basically REM with a distortion. He's a, he's a good songwriter. I, I I find it weird when he shows up on like the lists of like fifty greatest guitarists because he wasn't a great guitarist. Yeah, what he's he a good did, songwriter. What he did with guitar was he just he used noise really well. Yeah. Like he he made the most of his faults. Sure, I mean he just but played yeah power he's not chords. yeah I mean, he's, he's not a, like a yeah he's not a I think the reason Nirvana is where they are are where oh whatever. Is because they Courtney Love killed him. Well, because Courtney Love killed him, and they haven't made any music. If they stuck around through the '90s and released four or five more albums, they'd be Weezer. I think you can say that about almost every band. Yeah, that that, like if Notorious Big kept making albums in the '90s, no one. Yeah, you can say yeah. It's Puff Daddy didn't kill him. Yeah, Puff Daddy. If if Puff Daddy didn't kill him uh, with Courtney Love. Yeah, yeah. Him and Courtney just. He would have just run that shit into the Also, if you like it. Vanessa Gritton, you should listen to her episode of Dr. Cheesecake with Danielle oh, Soto. Come on. <laughs> come on. Who do we think is overrated? Led Zeppelin for me. It's hard to say because, like you said, these are bands that, like, there's a reason that so many people really, really enjoy them. So it's like, it's, it's tough to just yeah. randomly pick a band and be like, oh, that band's overrated. It's because it's, it, uh, it all just really depends on, on your personal taste. But I think the Beatles are overrated. Dave Matthews Wait. band. Yeah. DMB. I don't think you're going to get any argument on yeah. yeah. one here. Let's Agreed. Get behind them. I don't think the Beatles are overrated. Well, kind of. Yeah. I mean, they... No. Properly rated. I feel like Led Zeppelin's overrated. Incorrect. Um, no, I'm not incorrect. I'm right, Brett. Don't sass me. Please. Do we have any more voicemails? No. No? You can oh. call the voicemail line 505-3 and pops. That's 505-386-7677. You already said that. All right. You don't have to keep doing that. <laughs> Let's read some uh, regular comments. From the Prince Show. Prince Show! Everyone remember that sketch on Saturday Night Live, or do I just sound like a crazy person right now? Yes. It was really good. It was uh, Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen was an amazing prince. He did a great prince. I'm trying to pull the comments up on me computer here, and they're going really slow. So, Brett, you read one. Chanel Cummings says, we all know Adam has good taste in fuck music. Not funk music. Fuck music. Fuck What's music? your fuck music? Color uh, me we, bad. Well, we were talking about print, but yeah, definitely. A lot of color me bad. <laughs> a lot of color me bad. Um, 
uh, "End of the Road" by Boys to Men. I play that at oh, the yeah. end. Oh I always yeah, have that queued up at the end. Right when I come. End of the road. Yeah, and then I just slowly walk out of the room. I really wanted to lose my virginity to Nelly Ride with me when I was in <laughs> high school, and then I didn't lose my virginity until like six years later. Was it to Nelly? No, it was to Kesha. It was also to a Nelly song. It was. I, I was like, oh no, it was Katy Perry. And when I tell people which song, they're like, wait, that came out recently. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Nobody asked your opinion about when that song came out. Is this a question for Jesus? Wait, what? Alien Hand says, Jesus, how white can you get? That, yeah. Uh, I think that's still open for debate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Some know. Say he's black. Clearly, yeah. we can't. Uh, he, he apparently, I'm there's not, no limit to how yeah, white he can get. I am not comfortable going on record saying Jesus. You never is hear white. Jesus <laughs> was like an Asian fella. You only hear well, black, that's because you only he, hear black, white, that's or Middle Eastern. Because his story happens in a specific area. I don't know, but, which would make it very improbable for him to be a white dude. He's like Dracula. Yeah. He's white, he's white and he's Blackula. That's not how Dracula works. No. <laughs> Those were just two different movies. Yeah, that's just a different Dracula. <laughs> no, trust me, trust me, <laughs> trust me. Four Banger says pictures are her or it didn't happen, Jeff. Oops, I think this sorry. is in reference to Jeff's girlfriend that he supposedly has. Mm. Nobody has to show you pictures, motherfucker. Uh, Susie Six says, I'll take Prince over MJ any day. Wait, follow me on Instagram and you'll see a Why? picture of his girlfriend. Is that, I mean, is, do we have to make that choice? Prince over Michael Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I disagree I'll, with that. Yeah. One. Yeah. I'll take, so, uh, I'll take Prince. Okay. Thank you. Danielle? Recency bias. Prince. Thank you. Michael Jackson. You motherfucker. That's garbage. It's all garbage. All right. Um, Foster M. Wolf says, my semi-racist dad considers Prince the, quote, non-weird Michael Jackson. <laughs> Norway to Illist, who is normally one of the angriest commenters we have, says, Sign of the Times alone is better than all Michael Jackson albums combined. I'd buy that. You ever heard Sign of the Times, people? It's a great album. Double album. No filler. Fucking When Doves Cry is so good. See? Wait, during the song or just while just, they're in a cage? Just, no, fucking wild doves cry. Right. Is a lot of fun. This is what in Surly Pirate your, says. Yeah, this is room. not Tom's opinion. It might be Tom's opinion. Oh, that wasn't Tom's opinion? No, it was. Oh, a, then was I don't know quote. if I agree yeah. with it. Super Mop says, Sarsgaard once walked off with my pen at an old job. Peter Sarsgaard? Yes. We talked about the Sarsgaard. Oh, no. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Surly Pirate says, I would love to see Portugal the man play bat dance. So would I. I don't think anyone bat danced them. I don't know. I don't know if anyone reached out sure. and asked them to play bat dance sure on their could. upcoming tour. All these comments. They're aware. They were aware of it. They they retweeted the podcast. Yeah. a number of times throughout the week, so they're aware. Of a lot of these comments just start with dance. the word "fucking" for no reason. Well, this was the Prince episode, so fucking. You know, yeah. Doubt this one's going to start with Slater. Oh seven says "Stranger Than Fiction" is such an underappreciated movie. Damn Incorrect. right it is. Stranger Than Fiction's amazing. Talking about the uh, the Will Ferrell movie. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I still I stick to my opinion. You don't like it? No, not a good movie. You're a monster. <laughs> it's got Queen Latifah in it. You jerk. So does Taxi. <laughs> See, Taxi was a good movie. That's what you meant, right? Mm. <laughs> Taxi, no, the don't, movie don't version put that of on the me. Andy Kaufman show, or Taxi <laughs> with Queen Latifah and uh-huh. Taxi, the the American remake of the Luke Besson movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We should get the fuck out of here. Agreed. Yeah, probably. Danielle, do you have anything to plug? Sure. Do you? <laughs> do you have a podcast? <laughs> What's it called? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, <laughs> it's called Dr. Cheesecake. It's available on iTunes. You can find me on Facebook by typing in facebook.com slash drcheesecake. Adam's been on it. Everyone's friend Vanessa's been on it. And... If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Danielle Soto 617. That's also my Instagram. Mm. And if you want to see me perform stand-up comedy, I'll be at the Comedy Store in the Belly Room on May 20th, which is a Friday at 730. That's everything, I think. Thank you for having me on the show. I had a really great time. Thanks, everybody. Tom, do you have anything to plug? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to plug my podcast? Nope. Nope. (laughs) No, um, not really. I got the sticker, though. This is pretty rad. Oh, thank you. What do I have going on? Darkest Hour, May 13th. Headliner is Greg Edwards. I'll be there. He's really funny. Yeah, Greg Edwards is great. There's a show coming up in Chicago in June. I think it's June 25th at Wicker Bar with Alex Schmidt. And I think Jeff May is coming. That'll be fun. And uh, 
you know, follow me on Twitter at Adam Todd Brown. Say goodbye, Danielle. Bye. Say goodbye, Brett, you monster. Goodbye. Tom, say Courtney Love killed her. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <everybody. laughs>